My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us this morning. Uh, if you got your teal books, we're on page 106. Uh, let's see, let's see. You guys probably want, this will help immensely today. So, there we go. So, page 106. I'm going to read through Colossians chapter 1 and a smidge of chapter 2. Uh, and then we're going to do just a little bit of a review. I, I've practiced and I promise it's going to be quick. Uh, but we are going to go back and look at a couple of things that we've looked at. Because I, I want you to see this morning... Uh, how consistent Paul's message has been so far in the first chapter. Uh, so let's take a look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints in Christ at Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope and the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. You learned this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and he has told us about your love in the Spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard, this gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. Now, I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I am completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body, that is, the church. I have become its servant, 
according to God's commission that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. For I want you to know how greatly I am struggling for you, for those in Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me in person. I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of complete understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Amen. All right. Philip. I got to put a quarter in the jar somewhere or a dollar in a jar somewhere. I don't know. Oh, dang it. Sean heard it. Dead gummit. <laughs> Stink. Uh, our last series was Philippians. We spent 52 weeks in Philippians. I have not yet stopped saying Philippians, even though this is week 15 of Colossians. So uh, there we go. All right. So before we jump into today's text, I want to take us to just a whirlwind review of all of the applications, which I've defined as the, the big point of the text that we've looked at so far. And I'm just going to select a couple to talk about as we move very, very quickly through this. So all people in all places need a clear picture of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? We agree on that? Yep. All right, cool. God's children are family. Jesus Christ is our Lord. Christians share good news. Our faith in our Lord, is in our Lord Jesus Christ. Christians need the gospel daily. We've seen this over and over. We're going to see this again in today's text. The gospel is for the whole world, and the gospel is for believers. Evangelism actually works. Like, here's a shocker. There's not like a plan B. This is plan A. The Trinity is actively involved in this work. All sorts of things going on here. God's will, God has a will, and his will can be known. This filling that he gives us, it has a purpose. There's a whole lot of purposes. The Father loves, and this is good for us. Our Lord Jesus Christ redeems his own. Our Lord Jesus Christ is over all. Our Lord Jesus Christ created all, heaven and earth, visible, invisible, thrones and dominions, rulers and authorities. Everything was created for our Lord Jesus Christ. He leads the church. He is worthy. All reconciliation goes through our Lord Jesus Christ, and the scope of his, res of his reconciliation is total. The cross is central for peace. Reconciliation is our Lord Jesus Christ's work. Our Lord Jesus Christ puts on an exhibit of his holy and blameless work, his own. We are his exhibit. It is unbelievable. Christians are holy, faultless, and blameless before the Father because of the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. The believer's role is to remain grounded and steadfast in the faith. The gospel must be heard. The gospel must be proclaimed. The gospel need is universal, and the gospel is personal. Christians make God's words known. The mystery is a who. When we talk about this mystery that God has hidden, this is a who. This is our Lord Jesus Christ. God revealed his mystery. The mystery is for the Gentiles. And all the Gentiles said, yes, this is great news for us. The mystery is in God's people. And that brings us to today's text, which is this. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. 
is that a, is this a, like, is that a lofty goal or what? I mean, that's, that's an incredibly lofty goal. And I, la- so Paul is talking here, I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. All right, so let's take a look at page 106. Big deep breath. That was, I don't know, 20 slides. This is how you make somebody who's running a corporate meeting paranoid. You send them a slide deck that's like 50 slides long, and you say, I'm going to cover this in five minutes, and they go, no, you're not. And then you, and then you do that, right? It's fun. All right, so the bottom of page 106, we start uh, verse 28. The little stars in the margin tell us where the verses start. Uh, thank you all again for all the feedback on the first couple of editions of these uh, books. Incredibly, incredibly helpful. Uh, in making this something that we can actually use and is useful. So, bottom of page 28, I'm sorry, bottom of page uh, 106 is the word we. So, who's the we? In this context, who's the we? We're going to talk a lot today about context. In this context, who's the we? Let's back up. All right. The answer is not Jesus, right? So, let's, we'll, we'll clear the decks. Who's writing Colossians? Paul's writing Colossians. Is anybody with him? Who's with him? Do we know who's with him from the first part of Colossians? You're like, what's the first verse? I actually read it already. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. Timothy's there with him. Yes, that's exactly right. So Paul and Timothy. So the we, that's the we here. All right, so let's go to page 107. We proclaim him. Who's the him? Now, now, who's Jesus? Right, our Lord Jesus Christ. Who else is worthy of being proclaimed? Great answer. That was a flawless answer. Silence is the great answer right there. Nobody else is worthy to be proclaimed. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the only one who is worthy to be proclaimed. So my first application at the bottom of page 107 is Christians proclaim Christ. Christians proclaim Christ. So then what do we do with that? This one's easy, guys. Proclaim Christ. Yes, there we go. Now, I would also, like, side note, you ready? It is also very helpful for us to go back periodically and examine what we are proclaiming. Uh, I have been on a a two-and-a-half-year journey now of every single morning when I uh, go through my morning routine, one of the things that I do is I click Facebook Memories. And I've been going through and deleting an absurd amount of stuff that I was proclaiming that is just like all the stuff that's going to get burned and tossed to the side. And, and it has been a really, really helpful, like a mirror, Very because nobody else typed those words in and said, share this with the universe. Like, that was me. That was all me. And to see it show up several times in the text is like, okay, this is good. I think this is, this is quite helpful. All right, somebody's texting me. Is that you, Sean? It is. Okay. Yes, it. <laughs> Whenever I get a text about 10 minutes into the lesson, I'm always like, oh no, I didn't click unmute. I... Yeah, I clicked unmute. Okay, good. We're good. Where were we at? We were at Jesus, yes. We proclaim him. We proclaim him. Now, the proclaim there is a present active indicative. It's just repetitive right now. Pretty straightforward, really simple verb. And then the next word here, the next red word there is warning. 
And this word warning is a present active participle, which is a bit different than a present active indicative. Present active participle is a habit, is a recurring, like this is what we are known by. This is our habitual ongoing, page 107, about halfway down the page. Our habitual ongoing, uh, this is what we are known by. Now, if you keep reading there on page 107, you'll see that there are two bracketed words, pas and anthropos. Uh, just no real relationship there, but uh, pas means all, anthropos means man. And the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible, actually doesn't translate this all people here. It translates it at the end of the sentence as well, but sometimes in the source original language, when something is repetitively stated, it doesn't actually get translated repetitively as well because in English, it sounds like really poor grammar and it sort of kind of is. So sometimes the English translators will clean up the grammar of the original to make it smoother and less awkward in English. And that's what's been done here. But make no mistake, the warning is to all people. So since we've got the word all there, um, I want to I talk about this for just a second because we've got some options for how we, how we interpret this word all. And you might be thinking, Jim, this sounds like you're on shaky ground. Not really. So Matt and Sean, can you guys join me up here for just a second? Excellent. So you can just stand right here. That'd be great. So I'm going to give us several different ways that we can use the word all. Come on, over in the shot, in the shot, in the shot, in the shot. Okay. All right, cool. Let's all go out that door. Cool. Okay. You see how all was defined right there? The three of us. Awesome. You can have a seat. Okay. Thank you much. So I'm going to come back to this table. Let's all stand up. I wasn't talking to y'all, was I? No? Okay. Let's all sit down. Thank you very much. Great. Let's all, all say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. All right, that's three different alls. Let's all get all the people in the building and get them all in the sanctuary. That's four different ways to use the word all. all right? So, I don't want to make you not trust your Bible. I, want to, I don't want to make you not trust somebody you've heard say this a lot. But all is always in context. All right? All is always in context. And when we take it out of context, we can sometimes end up with a theology that is where we go, that seems impossible. Probably, yeah. <laughs> it needs to be in context. So, some options for this particular word, all. Uh, all people everywhere. I'd say all Christians is an option. Or all Christians in a specific local church. And these are probably the three most obvious options for all here on how we would apply and understand this word all people right here. Now, I don't want to resolve it right now. I just want to create the tension because we're going to let, I think, Paul um, maybe lean toward a resolution for us here in just a little bit. So I just want to put this aside for a second. So we'll keep that in the back. So we proclaim him, so Christians proclaim Christ, and then warning, and this warning is a habit. So I'd say the second application on the bottom of page 107 is Christians warn. Christians warn. Okay. 
That was fantastic. One of these days, I'll be brave enough to share all the goofy text messages that I get from a couple of you knuckleheads in class while I'm teaching, which would be a really funny, like, lower banner just on top of the lesson itself. But Oh, Jen just said hello. So she saw you on screen, so that's awesome. Yes, Jen, he is in church today, so he didn't go somewhere else. That's awesome. Uh, all right, so we proclaim him warning all people, not translated, but there. So our personalization, what do you think our personalizations ought to be here? Warn people, yeah, yeah, that's right, warn people. I'm, I don't plan to get too far in today into the, what the warning is, but in the larger context of Colossians, Paul is arguing largely against this um, this everything is good, everything is okay, theology, take a little of everything that you want. I would imagine the warning is connected at least somewhat to that, that a, no, no, this exclusive focus on Christ as opposed to dabbling in everything else, right? So that's probably where he's at, but we're going to get to warning later on in Colossians, so I'll leave some of that there. All right, page 108, Uh, we're not done with this series of things that we are doing. And teaching, this teaching is, uh, what's, the, what's the morphology there? What kind of verb is it? What does it say? It's a verb, yep. It is a verb. What was it, Bethany? Yes. You said present active participle is what you said. Oh, you said that. Oh, I was like, the sound came from right here. So I was, I was totally giving you credit. Oh, okay. Well, it was the right answer. So, while I've got everybody's attention on Bethany, uh, thank you, Bethany, for having the highest attendance of anybody in our Sunday school for 2023. Woohoo! Awesome, Bethany. Well done. All right, so uh, we proclaim, we warn, we teach. This teaching is a habit. This is what we habitually, regularly do, right? We teach, we teach, we teach, we teach. And this is the same all people. So it's actually translated here in the CSB, everyone or all people. So we teach. So application in the bottom of page 108, Christians teach. So 107 is Christians proclaim Christ, Christians warn. 108, Christians teach. So what do you think we ought to do with that? Teach. Do you think think the teaching should somehow be connected to the topic that we are proclaiming? I, I... I think that seems fair, right? We're, we're literally still in the same series of thought. So, yes, that seems very fair. Um, some people would say this is a, well, Christians need to have the ability to teach anything. Maybe, maybe that's true. I don't know that you can get that from this text, right? So I want to make sure we'd say very tightly tethered to this text. So we've got to proclaim Christ. We've got to warn. We've got to teach. Now, my question to you is this. Here's my question. Have you ever seen any of those three things done really, really well? You're like, wow, that was a beautiful proclamation of Jesus Christ. That was a, that was a brilliant warning. That was, that was a great teaching. You ever seen those done well? Have you ever seen those done not as well? Where you want to just go hug somebody and like, can, can we get a redo? Can we undo and then redo differently and maybe do this a little differently. And, and I would argue that 
Paul is actually covering that with his next phrase because he says, with all wisdom. With all wisdom. Now, you guys know me. You know I'm an education junkie. So we're going to go down to education rabbit hole for just a second. And some of you like this and some of you hate this. So either hold your breath or smile, either one. Uh, we will be finished soon. But this word wisdom, sometimes I feel like we, we have the idea that wisdom is not, uh, th that it is purely intellectual, right? And the Bible does not approach wisdom from a purely intellectual perspective. So I'll give you the definition from BDAG on uh, Sophia. Uh, so if you know anybody in your life named Sophia, it literally just means wisdom. This is the translation. So the capacity to understand and function accordingly, which is a really, really nice definition. So I'll, I'll back up for just a second. Has, has anybody ever heard the word taxonomy? You heard the word taxonomy? All right. Taxonomy is just a structure, a way of organizing things. So uh, Bloom's taxonomy, we'll start over here. This is, if you've ever had an education class, you've probably heard somebody walk through this, this type of a content, right? So you begin with, you've got to remember a fact, and then you understand a fact, then you apply a fact, then you analyze it, then you can evaluate it, and then, and only then, can you create new content in this particular space. So this is the cognitive domain, the, the, the heady domain. I went through Proverbs several years ago, and I tried to come up with what was Solomon's taxonomy on wisdom. And at the base was the fear of the Lord. We have to have a right understanding of who has created it all and who has made the rules for everything. And then there's a knowing part. Then we can know. Then there's an understanding. Then there's a discernment. And at the top of the, very, like the, top of the pyramid is wisdom. So I want to just walk us quickly through an example of what this looks like. And we'll take the uh, example of a hot stove. So a hot stove. Um, can I ask how old he is? He's three. So you are probably like right hot in the middle of this, right? There are things that we touch. There are things that we don't. There we go. All right. So here's what this looks like. A right uh, taxonomy relative to applied to a hot stove. So the fear of the Lord. Like, well, how does, how does that work? All right. God has created rules in the universe, and certain things behave in consistent ways. This is really good. I don't know if you ever just stopped and thank God that the fact that gravity doesn't change every day. Like, the laws of physics are pretty stable. Right? I mean, that, that's a really big deal, because you could have created a universe where you wake up every day, well, I wonder how it's going to work today. <laughs> All right, so God has rules. He has established the universe to work a certain way. All right, so knowledge is the stove is hot. Like, we have to start here. Like, you have to understand, like, this is hot. Before we can get to any application of it, there's a knowledge component. Understanding is that will burn me. Okay? So there's, there's a repercussion here. I understand how this concept works. All right, discernment is that is bad for me. And you might be thinking, well, those are the same. Not actually. Because making the connection, especially for a little... I'm so glad you guys are here today. Making the connection, especially for a little one, that cause and effect and the, the way this stacks is really, really important. All right, so now we get to the wisdom piece. The wisdom piece is I don't touch the stove. You see, the, the wisdom piece relies on all the components below and results in some action or inaction as a result of what is being stacked up. So... Back to Colossians 1. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom. Wisdom about what? 
Well, who Jesus is, what a proclamation of him looks like, what a good warning is, what right teaching is, and who the audience is. Because I can't say the exact same words to every set of people that I will ever meet in my entire life. Does that make sense? This is the contextualization. The, um, you and I have had several conversations about this, and I love it. And I can't speak articulately because I've not traveled around the whole world and told people about Jesus. But there's different, uh, not different content, but different approach and structure and how you explain things to different people because that's a wise application of how to do this. Does that make sense? All right, I got all that out of my system. That was wonderful. So we come back to the capacity to understand and function accordingly. It's not just, I know the answer. Because remember, if you stop here at discernment, all we've done here is we've created intelligent Pharisees. Like, if you don't get past this stage, you're a fool. If you don't get this pa past this stage, you, you, you're ignorant. If you don't get past this stage, you're simple. If you don't get past this stage, you're a Pharisee. If you do get here, this is a wise person. Yes, Jeff? Yes. It's not. Uh, this one piece is what Paul is articulating what he and Timothy have been doing, yes. And I would actually argue it's more than just he and Timothy. He's got other people with him too, but it's like, y'all know where I'm talking about, yes, yes. Now, is there a model at play where these things are directed to, like, uh, uh, what's the word I want to say? I would say la the laity. You understand laity? the non-pastoral uh, group in a church. I think that each of these three actually are in other places supported to be done by the laity. And I think we're going to get to it in uh, Colossians as well. But specifically here, staying very tightly tethered to the text, this is Paul's example. Yes. Yeah, good. Great clarification. Thank you for that. It is. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So... Um, so we proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom. Let's go to page 109. So that. So that. So what's the so that mean? There's a point, right? So proclaiming, warning, and teaching have a point. The point is not to proclaim, warn, and teach. We don't do uh, the Sunday morning worship service because it's Sunday morning. Does that make sense? We do the Sunday morning worship service because that is what we view as to be obedient to what God has told us to do. This is an act of obedience. It is an act of worship. But the thing itself is not the point. Y'all with me on this? So what is the point? It's on that page. That we may present everyone mature. Now, this may present is subjunctive, which means it's, it's possible to be done. It's within the realm of possibility. 
This is not optative where it's like, well, good luck on purchasing a lottery ticket. You know, no, 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 no. This is subjunctive. This is very possible to be done. That we may present everyone, again, the all people, mature. It's a, it's a really good translation. It just means complete. Now, maturity is a biblical prayer to, pl- to pray for believers. Flip over to Colossians chapter 4, uh, verse 12. This is the second time Epaphras shows up in Colossians. It says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. He is always wrestling for you in his prayers so that you can stand mature and fully assured in everything God wills. So what was the target of the maturity in chapter 4? Of, of those in Colossae, right? The, the, the church in Colossae. That's who Epaphras is praying for here for maturity. So I'm going to take that target and I'm going to lay it back into chapter 1. I think that's who the all is talking about. I think the all in chapter 1 Verses 28 and 29 are the, all the believers in the, the church at Colossae. I think that's who the target of that proclaiming and warning and teaching. And if you disagree with me, I am totally fine with that. Because all I'm doing is just borrowing something from chapter 4 that I think is consistent, that I think lays back over into chapter 1. So that's my stab at it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna let you wrestle with it. That's okay. exactly right. right. So what I what I don't ever want to do is I don't want to ever take a dogmatic approach on something that I think is true. I'm gonna be very dogmatic about things that the Bible is very clear on right. that we so. kind of put in the no bucket. Right. I think this is right. Okay. Cool. We'll go with that. All right, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So don't, don't miss this, though. Maturity is actually possible. And this is, this is hopeful to me. Like, this is, this is not an optative verb here with the, for the present. This is a subjunctive verb. This is possible. So this is great. And I think there's some personalizations as a result of maturity is possible. So if maturity is possible and it is somehow connected to pro- proclamation, warning, and teaching... Maybe we should receive gospel proclamation. Maybe we should heed warnings. Maybe we should be teachable. Seems like Paul is drawing a straight line between proclamation, warning, and teaching, and maturity. There we go. Yes, ma'am. Uh, so in Greek, there's two moods for a future possibility of something. One is subjunctive, which is, yeah, it's a possibility. The next is optative, which is, <laughs> I, I, I equate it to lottery winning, right? I wish I had a billion dollars. Like, that'd be cool. Uh, and Paul doesn't pick optative here. He's used subjunctive. So, 
And again, this is one of those, I hate to say goofy. I mean, this is the language God picked to use his word, give us his word. It's one of the really cool things about the Greek language is that there's ranges of these. So we can kind of zero in on a tighter band of likely uh, application and understanding, which that's helpful. <laughs> We're not left to just guess. The mathematician in me just like, it makes me very nervous. So I'm not going to do that. All right, so maturity is possible. So let's receive gospel proclamation. Let's heed warning. Let's be teachable. Say so we mature in Christ. Now this is, this is important at the top of page 110 because if, if maturity is defined as being in Christ, then maturity has a location in Christ. So maturity has a location in Christ. Uh, no, it's, not, it's distinctly not belonging. Uh, it is locationally based, yeah. Yeah, there would be a different uh, preposition that would be... Now, you can say in or at or upon or by, but all of those are locationally based. This is one of the... Uh, oh, there's a technical term. I read this just a couple of days ago. Do you know the technical term for the subset of prepositions in Greek that are spatially related rather than... I wasn't looking at you, Sean. I was looking at Mitch. <laughs> yeah. Sean's eyes were just like glazing over very softly there. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right. So if, if maturity has a location in Christ, then could it be helpful for us to reflect on our maturity in Christ? If maturity has a location in Christ, could it be helpful for us to reflect on our maturity in Christ? <laughs> I like to start soft, and then the hammer comes later, but yes. Um, so, so what does it take to uh, untether me? What does it take to unroot me? What does it take to distract me from Christ? What does it take me to lose my focus on our Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, to me, those are helpful questions to ask relative to my walk. And are we mature in Christ? Or do we have some work to do here, right? And I find in my life, uh, the answer is very often, we've got some work to do here. So, all right. I've got 940. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Yes, it does. That was a, yeah, oh boy, you're going to get me in trouble now because we're going to dismiss it 10, 15. Uh, Pilgrim's Progress is a spectacularly well-constructed book for alignment with specific ways in which uh, the biblical writers describe and articulate the walk with Christ. Um, it is unbelievably well done. If you've never read Pilgrim's Progress, get yourself a copy. Get yourself a modern copy. Um, the old copy is like, whew. Mm. It's challenging, but it's okay. It's good, too. Yes, all right, so I've got 9.42 and a little bit of change, so we'll stop there. Um, this is making me laugh. Every time I look down at my iPad, Matt, I see, hi, honey. And my wife is not commenting on things, and it, it's like, wait, what? So it's been a beautiful distraction today. Uh, all right, so we'll pick up next week, Lord willing, with uh, 129, 
and then uh, maybe jump into chapter two the following week. So we'll see about that. But uh, we'll come back at 1.10 there next week. Uh, all right, so remember, last week we talked about our revised approach this year on being a bit more intentional about what time we are leaving this room, so we need everybody out by 9.50. So it is time to do our prayer requests. So write your prayer requests down, review those that are at the table. You should have a weekly update at your table if you want to know more about our class or become a member. Information's on one side, prayer requests on the other. Update those prayer requests. After you have prayed as a table, you are free to go and to worship this one who is amazing, our Lord Jesus Christ. So thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.